You're listening to Pombo and Peter's Picks, the home of your favorite sports betting podcast, presented by The Daily Goat. Hello, welcome to another episode of Pombo and Peter's Picks. I'm Jason Pombo, joined as always by Peter Alves. Peter is from a new location this week. Peter, tell us where you're uh, zooming me from. We're in another, oh, actually, we're not even another time zone from uh, Ohio. Peter is in the great state of Ohio. So how is Ohio, Peter? It's not really on my bucket list, but. No, it's cool. It's whatever. So if you walked up to like a local restaurant or bar and wore a Michigan Wolverines shirt. Yeah, you told me to do that. I'm going to get Would that go over well? No, considering it's like three feet away from where I am right now. So you, it wouldn't go over well? No, it would not. Okay. Well, well, good to know. And I, I hope you enjoy the rest of your uh, time in Ohio. Maybe I, I've always wanted to see a Michigan Ohio state football game. That's on my list, but I don't want to see it at, in Ohio. I want to see it in Michigan at the big house. That's on my bucket cool. list. You saw Ohio state's cool. campus. Yeah. It's right there. So oh, that's sick. I'm sure it's huge, right? I mean, yeah, they're pouring money into something. So must yeah, be getting paid a ton of money. I know from like the Boston area, we're more accustomed to success and well, just people talking uh, about like professional teams, not really collegiate teams. I mean, sure, we had that nice run by Providence College and hoops, but in Ohio, it's Ohio State, live or die. It's true. Region of the country. So that's an interesting kind of way to really live your life on a year to year basis. I'm a big Ohio State guy, but well, Peter, enjoy the rest of your time there. Shout out to Baker Mayfield. Yes, shout out to Baker Mayfield. Yes. yes. That's like the last person, right? Yeah. All right. So, Peter, uh, this will be a big basketball, a little bit of hockey show. Uh, in a couple minutes, we're going to introduce Dave Babb, who is a Miami Heat fan, who is on our Zoom right now, Peter. And his name says Heat and Five. So a, a troll job from Dave. So that, that was pretty clever. But, Peter, you know what? I know you at saw least he that. Gave us one, at least he gave us one game, though. It's pretty nice. Yeah, he yeah, very very fortunate of him. But Peter, you know what? That might be karma because when we had Nate on, you had the Braves win the World Series, so that might have been karma. So <laughs> it's true. I guess what goes around comes around. So, uh, but Peter, I want to take a little trip in the past because we weren't able to discuss Game Six and Game Seven of the Celtics Bucks series. Uh, so last we recorded, uh, the Celtics were down three uh, two. They were coming off a awful loss in Game Five, in which we talked for like forty minutes about how they blew it. Uh, and they ended up turning the corner and they rallied in game six. Jason Tatum had the best uh, playoff performance that he's had in his career. Uh, and he led them to victory in game six. He had 46 points, nine rebounds and four assists. And that translated into a game seven victory on Sunday in which it felt like at that point, the Bucks kind of gave up at the start of the fourth quarter. The Celtics ended up winning 109 to 81. Uh, Tatum was big in that game as well. 23.6 rebounds, eight assists. And that game will probably go down as the Grant Williams game. He attempted 18 three-pointers. Never in my wildest dreams uh, would I have ever imagined that Grant Williams would take more shots uh, than Jason Tatum in a playoff game. But that's what happened. So, Peter, any reaction to game six or seven? I know we both Uh, said the Celtics in seven. I mean, I'm just glad the Celtics didn't give up in game six. And, yeah, I mean – it's been a blur, to be honest, since the Heat was game one. But, I mean, it's it's good to see the uh, Celtics actually showing up for once and not just putting their tail between their legs like they usually do. And Tatum showing up. Oh and everybody God, else fantastic. showing up, to be honest. 
that game six performance, that was one of the, that was a great playoff game. It was a battle. Uh, Tatum put the team on his shoulders. And I think we finally saw, uh, I think the Celtics turn the corner. Uh, and I think that was huge for the franchise as a whole, huge for especially the young guys too. And I think Marcus Smart, who was coming off that bad game five game, uh, I want to call him a little bit of an uns- unsung hero in game six because he was phenomenal. Uh, defensively, offensively, he was great dishing the ball. Uh, I think he was a plus 21 in the game. I think he had 21 points, like six assists. He, he was great. He had a really nice bounce back game. He shot. Uh, at a high level, it was a big game, big performance from the Celtics in a hostile environment in Milwaukee. Uh, so moving on, Peter, now to the conference finals, the Celtics obviously played game one against the Miami Heat. The Heat, did we, we talked you know about the, the Heat beating the Sixers, right? Yeah. Do you know the Celtics have been in half of the Eastern Conference finals? I do. And they've been in four of the last six years, I believe now too. Which is kind of crazy because it felt like the Celtics I feel like they've had their their name kind of through the mud over the last couple of years, but I I mean if you take like a if you take a step back and you kind of just look of the last couple of years, I mean they, they have had the success. Have they gotten to the finals? No, uh, but they, they've been in the doorstep a couple of times. Uh, game six of the Eastern Conference Finals in 2020, uh, Game seven in 2018 of the East Finals. So they've they've been there. They just haven't been able to get over the hump and make it to the NBA Finals. Uh, now, the Celtics were favored to win this series, and I believe that has shifted after game one, uh, but they were the favorites uh, heading into game one. So game one, Peter, uh, as we record this Wednesday afternoon, was played Tuesday night, uh, and the Heat ended up winning 118-107. to 107. Uh, The game, in my opinion, was a story of two halves. The first half, the Celtics looked dominant offensively. Uh, they had a lot of ro- uh, role players step up. Peyton Pritchard was great. Uh, Jason Tatum, I believe, he had 20 first-half points, uh, and the Celtics tour without Al Horford and Marcus Smart in this game uh, looked like they were going to roll over the heat. It felt like they had the heat on the brink. Uh, and I was surprised because once Al Horford, who was out due to COVID protocols and Marcus Smart, who was out due to a foot injury, were ruled out. I thought game one was going to be a very, very difficult game for the Celtics team to win. Uh, but they came out on fire in the first half. Absolute on fire. But the second half was a completely different story. The Celtics were outscored in the third quarter alone, 39 to 14. Uh, and they weren't able to recover uh, after that third quarter. And they ended up losing 118 to 107. Uh, Jimmy Butler, in my opinion, he was the story. 41 points on 17 of 18 from the free throw line. He was 12 of 19 shooting. He was plus 25. Butler was phenomenal in this game. So I think now we'll bring in the Heat in five, Dave Babb. So how are we doing, Dave? Doing well. How about you guys? I'm sure you're doing fantastic. <laughs> so you're heating five. Uh, I assume that's that's how you feel. That's how you truthfully feel. You're not just trying to troll me and Peter. It's a little bit of troll. Okay, but fair point. After so, that second half, I feel pretty good about where the Heat are. But granted, that's only game one. But mm-hmm. I kind of hope it's a long series just because I, like these are two of my favorite teams. So. Yeah, and it's more fun that way. Of course, I I think it will be a long series. To me, anyway, this feels like it's going to be a back and forth kind of thing. Uh, And this, to me, feels like the NBA Finals. I don't think either of the teams in the West are that good. You know what? I don't think the Warriors are that good, really. No, I well, I'm with Dave. I think whoever wins this is winning the finals. Oh yeah, I agree agree with that too. Yeah, I I do, and I said the same thing about the Celtics Bucks series. But uh, I mean, if the Heat can replicate what they did in game one. Now, Jimmy Butler's 41 point performance. 
Is he going to drop 40 every game? I, I don't see it personally. But if he's able to dictate how he did get to the line whenever he wanted, this Heat team is going to be impossible for the Celtics to stop, especially shorthanded without Marcus Smart and Al Horford. Now, Marcus Smart is expected to play in game two, but Al Horford is likely out. So Horford is a substantial loss because uh, Bam Adebayo, who in the first half was mostly held in check, uh, was able to generate a little bit in the second half, especially defensively. He did only have 10 points. And I don't expect him to only have 10 points in game two. I think this game two will be a little bit more of a Bam Adebayo game. Uh, and without Al Horford, it's going to be tough to stop. Now, Rob Williams, he looked healthy, uh, especially early on in this game. Uh, he looked like he could jump out of the gym with the alley-oops, blocking shots at the rim. I think he got uh, hurt in like the fourth the old, quarter, though. Yeah. So it was supposedly just a cramp, according to Udoka, which was a good sign. But Did he return after that at all? No, he did not. After the cramp, they Adoka said that he could have, but at that point, they just said we're done. I think the game was too far lost, and they were gassed in the middle of the fourth quarter. Absolutely, My favorite part of that fourth quarter, I think it was like a minute left or something, and they had like Luke Cornett, uh, Nick Stoskis, and some other dude at the scorer's table ready to check in, and then Derek White got a layup, and they were like, all right, come back to the bench. No, I think it actually happened at at the Peyton Pritchard three. The one he shot oh, from, like, the logo. Three, yeah. Yeah. And it was at that point, it was a seven point game with, I think it was like 90 yeah. seconds left. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was clear the Celtics were gassed, like absolutely gassed. And we saw guys like Aaron Neesmith play 11 minutes and Neesmith uh, hasn't had any meaningful minutes since like three months ago. Uh, and he had a couple block shots, which was kind of cool to see. He um, played surprisingly well. Yeah. Right. I mean, shooting he the did. ball, which he couldn't, yeah. but. <laughs> He did have a few bad fouls, like fouling here on yeah. that three-pointer, but he looked pretty well for not having played, like, at all. Yeah. Like, when he checked in, I was like, oh, boy. Like, uh, I liked the draft pick of Aaron Neesmith. Originally in that draft, I wanted Tyler Hero. He was my guy. I was devastated when the Heat picked him one pick before the Celtics. Devastated. But, oh, I no, I'm on the wrong draft. Was, Langford. Uh, yeah. Langford, I'm sorry. Langford was the pick before. Neesmith was the following draft. Dave, was that uh, the draft that you're – was that the draft you were pissed? Yeah, because I wanted yes. Romeo Langford and Dan wanted Tyler Hero. That's I wanted right. Tyler Hero right. that draft. Right. I didn't want yeah. Langford. And then I, in the second round, I wanted Carson Edwards and Dan wanted Bull Bull. And Carson <laughs> oh, Edwards oh. went to the Celtics, picked before the Heat took Bull Bull before trading him. That's right. Carson, I thought Carson Edwards was going to be the probably. I, I, I liked Carson Edwards better than Romeo Langford, obviously. Neither yeah. have really panned out. But a moral of the story is. Uh, Aaron Neesmith is a guy that a lot of people thought would be a three-point specialist. That's what he was supposed to be out of college from Vanderbilt. And he really, he just hasn't been able to get on the floor. Uh, he, he isn't really in Udoka's rotation, but he was able to get some minutes and defensively he showed up, which was a surprise to me because he isn't really known for his defensive ability, but he had two crazy blocks, but he, he's just not enough. The Celtics need Horford and smart back if they want to, have an opportunity to win in this series because without you look Aaron Neesmith, I mean, laugh and joke, like all oh, those nice block and all, but if he has to play 20 minutes, the Celtics are in a lot of trouble. I blame and, Skip Bayless. I, I blame Skip Bayless to be honest. He literally really tweet the Celtics. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right after yeah. the first half, he's like, yeah, there's a blowout one zero Celtics. I was like, okay. Well, cause he, he who is also a Vanderbilt alum. He was tweeting about Aaron Neesmith. He was hyping him up. Uh, and the heat are also, uh, not at full strength either. Uh, PJ Tucker was banged up in this game. Uh, he ended up returning. And I think when PJ Duck, PJ Tucker came back, 
Uh, he was impactful. Uh, now you look at his his box stores his box score stats, and they're not going to excite you five points, six rebounds. But what he was able to do to Jason Tatum defensively uh, was huge. He's able to set the tone for this Miami Heat team. Uh, and it was something that I really wasn't expecting him to do with his age 37 season. Now, he was part of the championship Milwaukee Bucks team last year, but he was more like an eighth or ninth guy in the team. He wasn't a starter by any means, uh, but he's been a key ingredient for this this uh, Miami Heat defense uh, paired along with Jimmy Butler, uh, along with Bam Adebayo. Those are three great defensive players uh, and the Heat. They match the Celtics um, physicality and after round one, uh, they I punched the Celtics in the mouth. And game two, in my opinion, is going to be all about how the Celtics respond in this game. I think having a fast start early on is going to be important. Uh, and the Celtics, look, I understand that quarter, that bad third quarter when you're outscored 39 to 14, and they had like six turnovers in like 10 minutes. Uh, I don't foresee like a quarter like that. They haven't had a quarter that bad in like five months. So I don't foresee them doing that again, but I can foresee the heat getting Jason Tatum frustrated, getting Jalen Brown frustrated. That's the key to success for the Miami heat, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, I think the biggest missed opportunity by the Celtics yesterday was only leading by eight at halftime because they dominated that first half. The heat had no stop for them. Such a good point. Yeah. yeah. In the back of my head, I said the same thing watching. I was like, you know what? We're only up by eight, and it feels like we should be up by eighteen. That's just kind yeah, of how they're I just hitting it. whatever yeah. they were just hitting whatever they wanted. Yeah, and but they were I, driving yeah. super well, getting all the layups they wanted, all the threes they wanted. They were taking the uh, Heat's lunch money, and yeah, they it was just like forty-four points in the paint in the first half. It yeah. was ridiculous, uh, and, and they had like nineteen assists too. Yeah, and Pritchard lights out, Tatum lights out, Rob Williams lights out, and it. But then again, you kind of sit back and you're like, you're only up eight. And I, I kind of said the same thing in my head. Uh, I liked, I loved the way they were playing, but it felt like they should have been up by 18 or 15, whatever it was. Should have been at least double digits. That's for sure. And maybe it would have been different if the Celtics were up more. Maybe the Heat would have been more demoralized. But in my opinion, I think Eric Spolstra went into the locker room and said, look, guys, the Celtics, they kicked the crap out of us in the first half. and They're only up by eight points. And I think, PJ Tucker came back that got them going and the heat were able to go on a 20 to two run to start the second half. And they never looked back at that point. The Celtics closed the lead. I think it was seven points was the closest they got it, but uh, they were really never able to insert themselves into this game uh, after that bad quarter. They were just done at that point. They were gassed um, and it was just bad. And I think Jalen Brown had, another awful game one. He had a bad game one against the Bucks, and this was an equally bad performance on both ends. Uh, yeah. If you just looked at his bad, box man. score, it looked kind of good, but like it wasn't He had, I think, I think he had 17 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, those were meaningless at that point. Kind of. To be honest, yeah, I think were, all, yeah. I, I think most of the Celtics are terrible. Take out the first yeah. half. Even Tatum. Yeah, the second. Yeah. I think Tatum in the first half was great. No, Second right. Half, I think like, just different story. put them all together. Yeah. yeah, I think when Tucker came back, it was like not only like a little jump start for the Heat, but I think it kind of like really messed with Tatum there because he was guarding him on island, and Tatum hadn't seen that for most of that first half. 
So mm-hmm. I think it just threw him for a loop. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think if the Celtics want to split in Miami, I think Jalen Brown has to come out firing. I know, like like Dave just said, yeah, he scored 24 points. And I think it was 17 points in the fourth quarter or whatever. And he was miserable from the free throw line. Uh, he was bad defensively. Uh, he was bad from three. He like, I, I think Jalen Brown had a bad game. And I think in the first, uh, in game two, I think he needs to really assert himself in the first quarter. He needs to take advantage. Uh, if a guy like Tyler Hero's on him, he needs to take advantage of that matchup. Max Cruz, whoever it is, uh, he needs to drive to the bucket, uh, kick the ball out, because he was doing a lot of three-on-ones, four-on-ones, trying to dribble through four guys, and it just wasn't happening against this heat interior um, front court. And it's something that the Celtics, if they want to get right, Jalen Brown has to be that guy. He has to be that number two. Uh, because I know Jay, Jason Tatum, like you just said, Peter, he had a bad second half. But I think Jason Tatum's going to have a better game, too. I, it wouldn't shock me if he dropped 40 in game two. It really wouldn't. Uh, but I'm not convinced Jalen Brown can get out of this little funk. That is the thing I'm concerned about. Uh, now, Dave, what do you think is the key for the Heat in game two to uh, go up 2-0? I think it's the same as it was in the second half, which was get Jimmy a favorable matchup and just work your ass off on D because so many possessions in that second half, Jimmy would do a pick and roll and get Derek white or Peyton Pritchard on him. And they're just too small, not strong enough. And it'll be curious to see what he does with that rotation. Once Marcus smart comes back. Cause I wonder if he even considers playing uh Pritchard for those long minutes. Or you see a lot of less of he's just, Derek White though. Yeah. I mean White's a pretty good defender on guys like Hero and Struess and yeah. Gabe Vincent, but if he gets switched with Tyler, he's just too small. I mean yeah, I switch think, with yeah. Jimmy. I think White was really good in the first quarter. I thought he came out playing real well defensively. I think it was the first possession of the game. I think he was like right off the jump when Derek White was engaged and he looked great defensively. But I think he had a lot of lapses as the game went on. And at times, I think we saw Udoka ride. I just don't like his, just don't like his shot. Nobody likes yeah. his shot. But that's just that's just not his game, unfortunately. Like, his game is uh, – I know, I, Peter, you said it all the time, Marcus Smart light. Like that's, it's, worse that's Marcus, the, it's worse than Marcus Smart, oh, which is Marcus not is, Marcus, is, Marcus is a lot better shooter, and I think Smart's a better pass. So Smart's a better player than Derek White. But Derek White defensively, like Dave said, uh, he can do his job against guys like Vincent. Uh, hero to an extent, but he just can't handle a guy like Jimmy Butler and a switch stuff like that. That's why Marcus smart getting him back is crucial because smart. I mean, he can guard one through five basically. And I think when those switches come through, it'll be a much different story. If Butler has to deal with smart compared to white or Pritchard, clearly Marcus smart is an upgrade there. Uh, Is smart going to be healthy? Is he going to be the Marcus smart we saw in Milwaukee? I'm not sure. Uh, but you would imagine that anything is going to be the size. Well, tell you what, the size of Angelone is better than Peyton Pritchard. Uh, and I don't want to crap on Peyton Pritchard because I, I do think overall offensively, he was, he was a he was spark for the too. Celtics team. Yeah. But defensively, yeah, he, I mean, it's just not his fault. It's like Kemba Walker was against the heat two years ago. He's just too small and you got to hide those guys. It's difficult in the playoffs. Yeah. He shot way better than I anticipated he would in that game. Because I kind of expected it against the Bucks because Drew Holiday and Giannis both had their hands full and they don't really have a tertiary defender there. So I figured he would get a lot of open looks there. But 
I'm kind of shocked he let it fly as much as he did last night, especially from how deep he did. Yeah, Peyton Pritchard, he is somebody that at the beginning of the year, he was buried in the rotation. He didn't see barely any minutes. And it was surprising to some because he had a pretty good rookie season. He was one of the silver linings of the Celtics uh, 2020 season, 2021 season, or 2020-2021 season. Um, because he was a guy who was picked the latter end of the first round from Oregon. And uh, I think people's expectations were kind of, eh, he's kind of just a small little point guard. Uh, but I think he surprised some people last year. And this year, Udoka came out and he was a bench guy. Like he did not play. He was not in the rotation at all. And it was surprising. It was surprising to me. And I think a lot of it was his ability, his inability to really clamp down defensively. And I think he has gotten better. He's become a lot more scrappier once he's been able to insert himself into the rotation. Uh, but again, he can only do so much at his size. And I think that's what comes down to it. Uh, but Pritchard, he played 30 minutes. I don't foresee him playing 30 minutes in game two. I think a sweet spot for him is like 15 to 20 minutes. Like he's supposed to be that spark plug off the bench that gives you a nice 10 to 15 points. And you, you take that, you know, he's not somebody that you want playing 30 minutes and having to switch on to Jimmy Butler and the deal, chase around Tyler hero off of screens all day. Like that's not his game. His game is I'm going to give you 10. I'm going to give you 15, 20 minutes and, I'm going to take five threes and that's how we're going to run it. So I think that's what his game is. And we'll see if smart can be healthy enough to give the Celtics those critical minutes. So Peter, if you're the Celtics now heading into game two, what do you believe is the key to their success? The Celtics. I mean, get Jalen Brown going, get Tatum going, try to lock down Butler, but I don't know how you can do that. Try to limit fans uh, rebounds. I don't know how you can yeah. do that either. No Horford. I'll, overall, just shoot the ball better and just not shut down in the third quarter. Yeah. Play a good third quarter. It's just like I. It's just I, I don't know, man. I think game two is going to be. It's going to be a difficult game for sure. I think Marcus Smartback is really big because uh, again, I think he changes the dynamic. Um, but like you said, I think you said something really important: getting Jalen Brown going. And who is going to be on Jimmy Butler? How are they going to stop him? I don't think Butler's going to drop 40. Again, if they can limit him to 20, 23, you think he'll get 30? Yeah. I mean, if he gets 30, Miami will win the game, in my opinion. They need to figure out how to get him off his spot, prevent him from going to the line 18 times, because he was going to the line whenever he wanted. He was going to the line more than Giannis was. He was, well, was just, pretty held in check of the first half, and then he did whatever he wanted. The amount of foul calls in that third quarter for both sides was kind of, like, unbelievable. Yeah, the game was at a stage. I think there was, uh, like, 40 free throws in the third quarter alone, and the game finished with 68, so. Yeah, it was – yeah, exactly. And it, which is kind of – it's kind of weird because it's a playoff game. You, you like to see those guys kind of play. Uh, but I, I have to say that game two would – is probably going to be called differently, I would imagine. Uh, yeah, you aren't do- going to get the same uh, three refs of Tony Brothers, yeah. uh, Zach Sarpa, and Ed uh, Colley, or whatever his name is. Yeah, and after Tony... Those guys just uh, yeah. can't take the whistle out of their mouth. No, and we all know that Tony Brothers is somebody, exactly, who likes likes his airtime, his on-camera time, so... Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, no, I think really? it'll be... Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, if you know his name, that's it's when bad. you already know. <laughs> if you know his name, that's that's not a good sign. 
like Peter, who's the, who's the baseball umpire that everyone yeah. talks about? Angel you know Hernandez. What I mean? That's bad. Angel yeah. Hernandez. Joe, no Joe West. West. Like, exactly. Yeah. I think NFL referees are maybe a little bit different because like the camera kind of pans to them when they make their call. So like that's a little bit different. But well, if you're an MLB umpire, yeah, exactly. Like you just know the ones that get the camera time because they make the most calls. And they, that was Tony Brothers last night. And if Jimmy Butler can get to the line 18 times again, I would be surprised. But the Celtics just need to find a way to clog him up somehow. Uh, and I think Marcus Smart will be a big, big piece of how they can stop him to some extent. But if they stop Jimmy Butler, the heat rotation guys also could hurt them. Uh, we saw Vincent get heated up. I mean, he was three of seven from three. Uh, he made his shots. Uh, and I know in the first half, anyway, Tyler Hero, he was dynamite. What did he score? 15 points in the first half? 13 points? Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Uh, he played well. I know he came in. He came in and immediately had seven when the Celtics yeah. were up like seven nothing. And it was like seven ten after that. Yeah, he came. Yeah, exactly. Because he doesn't start. But he, I know he came in. I think it was the nine minute mark or eight minute mark. And he, uh, he put Miami on the board quick. Yeah. Uh, and so when you look at this Miami Heat rotation, uh, Victor Oladipo is somebody, I don't know, he only got 15 minutes. I know he's still kind of like in rehab mode. Dave, do you imagine, or do you want him getting more minutes? Are you okay with him getting limited oh, yeah. action? I love Victor Oladipo. He's one of my favorite players in the uh, NBA. I do. Uh, I like, like Oladipo too. I, I trust Spo to make the right decision with that because like – Obviously, none of us are there at the practices. So if he sees something in Max Struess that he didn't see in Oladipo that day in practice, I'm fine with rolling with Max Struess or Gabe Vincent or whatever. But it's like you said, it's kind of like a pick your poison. If he's doing well, like he can go off for 20 or Hero or Vincent or anyone. So. And just one last thing on the Heat bench. Uh, to me, anyway, it's crazy that Duncan Robinson is just completely out of the rotation. Now, I know he's he's. I have, I understand rotations change in year by year, but I didn't think Duncan Robinson would be out of the loop so quick. So I kind of have a question for you guys with that. Yes. Have the Celtics improved playing against the zone defense? Because I know that was the one thing mm. Brad Stevens could not coach. He just couldn't figure it out. I mean, I think the personnel in this Celtics team is different than that team. And I think the Celtics are, are more seasoned to deal with it. Uh, and I think they have the size in the... Uh, I think they're more aggressive than last year. More aggressive. And when Smart's back, right, you look at... Oh, let's say it was Smart and Horford are back, right, in game three, right? So they're going to roll with Smart, Brown, Tatum, uh, Horford, and Rob Williams. That's your starting five. All those guys can switch. All those guys um, can make plays. They're athletic. A lot of them can shoot. You know, like, that's just a, a starting five that... Uh, is flexible. They can do a lot of different things. And I think when it comes to dealing with the zone defense, uh, I feel like the Celtics are more seasoned to deal with it now than they were two years ago. Yeah, because the only way I see Duncan getting in the game is if the Heat plays zone on defense because anybody like uh, Derek White could take him to school when yeah. he has Duncan guarding him. And it's like, it sucks because he's making he signed that $90 million yeah. contract and he's a lights out shooter, but he just cannot defend anything. And this is more of an off season question, but is he going to get bought out? You think, or you think it'll look to move him? He wouldn't be bought out. I think they would move him because the heat don't have any first round picks for forever anyway. So they'll just package one or two of those up and be like, 
we got Max Struess. We'll pay him a third of what we're paying. Yeah. Duncan and get the same value. Like I, I like Duncan Robinson. He's a good player. I mean, well, shooting wise, he's a good player. Defensively, I see what you're talking about. And Eric Spolstra, uh, in my opinion, he's the best coach in the NBA. And his ability to have sustained success after so much turnover, uh, when the whole big three breakup happened and transitioning from like the Dwayne Wade era, he was been able to just keep his Miami Heat team continuously fighting, continuously there. And tell you what, from a talent perspective, they don't blow you out of the water with talent. They didn't do that in 2020 either. Like uh, they just play smart. They're coached phenomenally. Uh, I, I like Spolster a lot. He is like an unsung hero in the NBA coaching world, which I don't get why no one really talks about him as much because I think he's awesome. So I think he's clouded yeah, from agree. the big three, to be honest. Could be, but I mean, he's, he's going to be a hall of famer and all oh, that yeah, stuff when sure. it's all said and done, but yeah. you're right. Maybe it's more people, but he's again, when you hired him and he was with the big three, I feel like people probably think of him as like David Blatt. Remember that Cavs hired David Blatt for like two months. Like he was just a guy, yeah. but Spolster is <laughs> not just a guy. Like he is so much more than just being LeBron James's guy. Like it's, we're still like so I many think years it shows it because he would get into it with LeBron on the bench. Like he wasn't like David Blatt who would just sit around and take it and let LeBron do whatever he wanted. He would be like, all right, LeBron, you're going to run this play at this point. The rest you can ISO, but here you're going to do this. Yeah. And I think Ty Lue is like in the middle of Spolster and David Blatt. Like he's somewhere in like the middle. But Spolster's... I think Ty Lue's a good coach too. Yeah. I think he's, he's a good, good coach. He saw that in the Clippers. That echelon. Yeah, yeah, I think he's better than I thought he was, especially the with the Clippers when they made that little run. I, he impressed me a lot with that. Um, yeah. And I, look, I don't think Ty Lue is anywhere near Spolstra, though. I like I think Spolstra's legit. I think Ty Lue's more like a top like a 10 coach, probably. Yeah, I also think Ime, like Brad Stevens is a good coach, but I think Ime is a much better coach than Stevens. I think it seems they, like he makes way more adjustments on the fly. They have, they're weird. They kind of... They each have their own strength. They all they both have different strengths and different weaknesses. Now, I think Stevens yeah. like his bread and butter was like uh, scheming things up, like ATOs, like that yeah, kind of they thing. Had mentioned Stevens that. was awesome. Yeah, they had mentioned that on the broadcast, like out of timeouts or on oh, inbounds plays. Yeah. Stevens every would time have he got like, he got a three to go down every single time. Yeah, and I think Stevens got the most out of some role players that probably wouldn't have played as well at other places. Guys like Evan Turner, remember he got like $72 million after the Celtics. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, he was a top five. Uh, Kelly Olenek. Kelly, Kelly Olenek. Like, five years ago from yeah. game seven was the, the Kelly Olenek game. game. Yep. And like, now he's, it's yeah. the Grant Williams game. Exactly. Like I think Stevens, he was good at coaching up those guys. And I think Udoka defensively, I think he really knows how to scheme things up defensively. And I think he's pretty good working with different egos in the room uh, as a former player. So, like, I, I, I again, I, I think you can't go wrong with either of them. I think they're both really good coaches. I can't believe the Nets had him in the building. And we're like, no, we're going to stick with Steve Nash. <laughs> it's like, how? Or even Steve the 76ers, the 76ers did, too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because the Sixers had Brett Brown when that happened, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Was, uh, wow. he was only a Philly for a year. Uh, or it might have been two years. But most of the time was with San Antonio and – uh, after yeah. the Celtics hired him, Popovich is like, this guy's long overdue. Like he's somebody that's been overlooked a couple of different times. So he was uh, always part of the yeah. team USA practices too. So it's like, you know, he gets along with star players. So it's yeah. like, and that's where he connect. He kind of that connection with Tatum Brown and smart started. 
And I yeah. think that's kind of how it all happened. I, at the time, I thought I wanted Chauncey Phillips when the Celtics had that opening. I, I like Chauncey. Now that hasn't worked out yet. Is it going to work out? Ugh, I don't know. I think Udoka was twice the coach. Chauncey Phillips is after a year. Yeah. That is, Granted, that, Portland that right. was in a super hard spot yeah. this year because Dame was injured and DJ was injured and Nurk was injured, but yes, it's it's tough yeah. to kind of. I don't that know. I think going like forward the wrong though, yeah, for them, yeah, I agree. I, going forward though, I am light years okay with Udoka. Totally okay yeah. with me. So, Dave, you got anything else left to say in the series, or uh, your Heat not, Five? You got any more? Not about the series per se, but uh, back to Duncan Robinson. Sure, I'm kind of a mush because three of the last five Heat jerseys I've gotten. <laughs> Tyler Hero and Oladipo have worked out, but then I got a Kendrick Nunn, a Precious Achua, and a Duncan Robinson, and it's just not looking good. So how do you not? Why do you not have like Jimmy Butler? Or yeah, Bam for, for real, that's what I, was I do have. It, I do have a Jimmy Butler. I do have a Bam Adebayo, okay. Adebayo and I do have a uh, Goran Dragic. Oh, I was gonna say that's like that's like Peter buying a, a Grant Williams jersey, <laughs> sort of like a Tatum jersey. Yeah. So you, your next one should be – I'll tell you who your next one should be. Your well, next one – The key yeah. is to not buy their city edition because the Nun, Achua, and Robinson are all their city edition. So I think I just shouldn't touch those. What about – Or if anybody that you hate, what? just get them and then just, just be like, see ya. <laughs> see, That's PJ Tucker's point. 37. He's like a year-by-year guy. I don't think you want that one. It might be Dwayne Dedman if I want to get rid of him. <laughs> Dwayne Dedman, <laughs> the, last, the last center in the league. <laughs> Jesus, Dwayne Dedman. Oh, my goodness gracious. Who, who paid him a couple years ago? Somebody paid him. I forgot who it was. Was it Atlanta? I was just yeah, like, I think it was why? Atlanta. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, I just get a Lowry Dwayne... jersey. Oh, I forgot yeah. a Lowry. That's not a bad idea, Peter. That's a good thing. That's a good thought. Because, like, Seven... he's not, he's older, but not. Seven is forever, Gordon Trush, though. I love Nets Gordon now. Tragic. Yeah. He's, he's, re- he's reunited with his golf buddy, Steve Nash. So it's all good. It's all good in the hood for him. Yeah, that's yep. all I got, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, Steve, I think you screwed on the jersey front. Yeah. <laughs> that's hey, okay. Who, who knows? Maybe, maybe, uh, I'm I, I was sign re- somebody. I don't know. Yeah. I, I was, yeah, exactly. Who knows? Maybe you'll trade for Bradley Beal or something. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. You are Miami after all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Dave, thanks for hopping on. And we'll see if you're heating five. Wait, so what's your, uh, per- is that your uh, prediction? I think prediction? you stick by it. I, I think you stick by it. Yeah, I'll stick by it. Yeah, say it. Screw it. Yeah. Heat and five. Heat and five. That's his, yeah. That's Dave's prediction. So Dave has heat and five. Dave, we'll, we'll call you if, if the Celtics win this thing in seven or six or five. <laughs> we'll <Yeah>. call you. <laughs> we'll see. All right, Dave. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. For the record, I, I have uh, Celtics in six. I said that before the series. I had Celtics in seven, so I will also stick by it. If they have Peter, a, yeah. What are you saying? If they make it to game seven, I think they're going to lose, though. That'll be a tough place to play in Miami in game seven. Absolutely. But that was cool getting Dave's perspective. But let's transition now to the Western Conference, Peter. Let's specifically talk about the Phoenix Suns collapse. Uh, oh, we best called team in basketball. That. We, we called that. We, we called that. Absolutely. I was going to take our victory lap here. Uh, last week, me and Peter came on the podcast and we said, look, we think the Suns are a little bit overrated. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, they don't look right. Uh, and we were completely right uh, because they got mollywhopped 
They lost by what, 46 points, 47, whatever it was, 123 to 90 ended up being the final, but they were down by as much as 45, 46 points. Uh, they were getting destroyed by the Mavericks. They didn't even show up. They were down by like 40 by the second quarter. Luka Doncic scored 27 points in the first half. The Suns had 27 points in the first half. That speaks volume to where this Phoenix Suns collapse. I couldn't believe it, Peter. I was shocked. Uh, after seeing the Mavericks really win in game six, I was like, you know what? I think the Suns will pull it out in game seven, but it's going to be really close. And I was way off. The Mavericks killed them. Unbelievable. So, Peter, where did the Suns go from here? Uh, they owe Chris Paul $28.5 million guaranteed next year. DeAndre Ayton is an expiring contract soon. Now, if you're the Phoenix Suns, Monty Williams, what do you do? I don't know because I don't want to blame injuries, but I want to blame injuries. Nobody scored over oh, yeah. 15 points. Chris Paul looked like he quit after the first quarter. Like, Devin Booker mm-hmm. didn't shoot at all. Ayton wasn't even on the floor, like, at all. I don't – I will say – I don't, I don't know where they, because they're the number oh, he, one team in the West. Oh my gosh, it it yeah. seemed like they were gelling without Chris Paul, without Devin Booker. I mean, it all made sense, but I don't want to say injuries, but it might just be injuries. Yeah, but even if Booker's banged up, right? Like, look, you're at home in game seven, Peter. You gotta, you can't get blown out like that. I don't care who's playing. They gave up, and it was simple as that. It's not like the Mavericks or the Warriors or anything like they're a nice little team in the Western Conference, but if we're being real, Peter, uh, their secondary scorers are Brunson and Spencer Dimwitty. Like, nice players, oh. don't get me wrong, but like, come on. And if you're the son, like, I'll tell you what, here's my thing about DeAndre Aiton. He gets a lot of credit in the media and everything else. Like, after the Suns lost and Aiton was a basically no show, the like NBA TNT crew, the ESPN crew were like, the Suns have to pay DeAndre and they have to pay him. He's key to the offense, this and that key to the defense. Is he though? Cause I don't, I don't see it. If I were them, I'd look to move him, and I would look to move him for somebody, the same caliber player, not necessarily a center, but they have a big coming same... in though. I think he's pretty good though. He is, but like, he's not going to put you could... over the edge. I don't know where you could find that though. Top five center. No, I, I'm not talking about center. I could, I'm not saying you, oh. you deal him for a center. I'm saying uh, any position. I don't know. Let's play the game here. Donovan Mitchell was reportedly unhappy. Go get Donovan Mitchell. Go get, like you know what I mean. The stuff. Yeah, like but you that, you, you already have to two, you already have two of those. Huh? Yeah, that's fine. You got to make it work because I just don't see this working. I don't. I really don't. I think this loss is going to scar the Phoenix Suns. In my opinion, they're going to pay DeAndre Ayton. Chris Paul is back next year because why wouldn't he? He's making twenty eight and a half million dollars. Uh, and Devin Booker is obviously back, and the Suns are going to run it back. And they're going to be a nice team in the Western Conference. Not going to win like 65 games or whatever, but they'll be a good team, probably a, sec- a two or three seed. And their max is going to be the Western Conference Finals. I think the Suns team had the opportunity last year in the NBA Finals, and they did not take advantage of the opportunity. Well, Devin Booker knew it at the end. It's like, damn. Yeah, I mean – there's only so many opportunities you get. Chris Paul knows what you. Chris Paul's a vet in this league. He knows. There, you only get so many kicks of the can, especially when things line up for your way. And they just missed out on the opportunity. And this Game 7 loss was probably the most pathetic Game 7 performance I've ever seen in, like, sports. Maybe even sports history. Yeah, it didn't like seem like they tried it after, like, first few minutes of the yeah. start of the game. And this, and this all comes a week after Monty Williams was voted the NBA coach yeah. of the year. Which makes sense. Uh, the, the, the irony right there after uh, I don't know if Jason it's on him. I don't seven. know if it, I don't know. No, no, no. Though. It's not, but it you have to I'll tell you what. 
It's I mean, not, he's lumped, I'm not saying, he's, lu- yeah. he's lumped in. But, he's lumped yeah. in. He's he doesn't deserve like the like on a blame pie. He doesn't deserve more than fifty percent or anything. But he's on the blame pie because you didn't put your team in the right spot. You weren't able to neutralize Luka Doncic when it counted. So the Mavericks advance, Peter. Now they're going to be in the Western Conference Finals against the Golden State Warriors. So Peter, who do you have in this series? I have the Warriors in uh, six games. I just think Warriors they have more star six. power than the Mavericks. Because if they can shut down Luka, I don't think they can match the Warriors' star What's power. What's the matter? You're not afraid of Spencer Dinwiddie? No. Or Clyde Thompson? No. Draymond Green or blah, blah, blah. Or yeah, Jordan Poole or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Tell you what, Peter, I think this is going it's gonna to be, be close. A... It's, yeah, it's going to be closer than yeah. people think, though. I agree. I think people like they're like, oh my god, the Warriors are gonna blow, win them in five. I don't think I don't think so. I think the Warriors win in seven. I be a seven game series. I think the Mavericks are gonna be able to match them. I truly believe that. And a couple, of, tell you what, Peter, it wouldn't shock me if we're recording next week, and the Mavericks stole a game in Golden State. It wouldn't shock me. Not game one, but I wouldn't shock me if at all if they won game two, and that kind of surprised people. Oh no, because for sure. Because Luca could, yeah, because Luca can take over. He could just take over the whole game if he wanted to. Oh, I think Luca. He's the best player left in the playoffs, in my opinion. I think he is top five player in this league. Uh, I've been saying it forever. Luke is like, Luke is my MVP pick next year. Oh really? I'll still take Butler. I'll still take Butler over that. I'll take I'll take Luca and I'll uh, take Peter, Curry over. Mark it down, but that's it. Mark it down, Peter. Luca is my MVP next year. Yeah, you said I that two will, weeks ago. I'll get the ticket. The ticket's going to happen. But I think when you look at the NBA landscape, right, uh, these are four teams between the East and the West uh, where none of them actually won a playoff series last year, which is kind of crazy, right? Because I know the NBA gets mocked for its lack of, like, new teams, and it's all, oh, it's always the Warriors, Cavs. Like, oh, here we go again. Well, it's a worse score because you can predict it. Again, but this year, the last couple years, it hasn't, in my opinion. Uh, I know in the, the East, it's the one and the three. In the West, it's – what's the West now? It's the three and the four. Um, but the West is different, uh, and I think the East is somewhat different because, again, none of these teams won a playoff series last year, uh, let alone get to the finals. They didn't even win a playoff series. And the Mavericks were a team a lot of people uh, – some people picked losing in the first round. I did. The I thought Warriors Utah was going to beat them in the first team. round. Huh. Even in the first round, Peter, I thought Utah was going to beat Dallas because Luka was banged up. I picked Utah sure. to win. And when you look at the Celtics, would it have shocked you if the Celtics lost to Brooklyn in the first round? Like shocked? No, or the shocked Bucks. Me. No, or the Bucks? Yeah. Or would it have shocked you if I think I guess yeah Miami they it would yeah Miami them. Miami was a yeah. yeah Miami Miami was a lot. But other than that, I mean, look, that's just I think it's been the NBA is in a good spot right now. I really do. I think the young talent in the NBA is really changing things in terms of teams on the come up. Remember last year the Atlanta Hawks. A year ago, Peter, we're sitting here saying, oh, my God, the Celtics are screwed. They're going to have to deal with the Atlanta Hawks every year. That Hawks roster is loaded. They're Another team better than the Celtics, throw the Hawks on there. Guy, the Hawks are almost in the lottery. Like, see you play. Uh, yeah. <laughs> almost in game. the lottery. Exactly. Like, play-in game. And I don't really know how I feel about their future. And next year, I'm sure there's going to be a team that are going to be in a similar spot. And that team, I don't know who it's going to be. Maybe it'll be your Charlotte Hornets or whoever. It's going to be the Hornets. So you got to figure it, out whatever it could but... be. You know what I mean? It'll be insert whoever from a young team that have put all their stuff together, uh, and we're going to be like, wow, these guys were 
and a lot in the lottery last year. And how do they get this far? So it's, I think the NBA is in a good spot. And I think it's also helped that some of the stars have aged a little bit and have also dealt with a little bit of adversity over the last few seasons. Uh, LeBron's Lakers, they've dealt with a plethora of adversity the last two years. Durant's Nets, they had injuries and so much other things down in Brooklyn. Kawhi Leonard didn't even play this year. Um, so, like, there's been a lot of different things going on in the NBA in terms of superstar, like veteran superstars. And I think that has prevented them to really get to the level that we're accustomed to seeing, like LeBron Curry every year. And there was a stretch where we didn't see the Warriors for a while when Clay was hurt after Durant left and Curry was hurt. And, but the Warriors are back now. So, now nah, just give me my uh, final strike from a year ago or from the start of the season. Heat, Mine's Warriors. out. I had the Celtics Suns. I'm out. Uh, I'm out. Ugh. I got a car in uh, I, Noah's where, but that's all right. Oh, wait. You said the beginning of the season? Yeah. Oh, you're right. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, no. I had Brooklyn and Denver, man. Oh, oh yeah. No. Oh, no. All right. I think Carr had, off the top of my head, Milwaukee, Golden State. Everyone had Golden State but me. Everyone, I know everyone had Golden State but me. I don't. Not, nobody had Boston, and I don't think anyone had Miami. You were the only one that had Miami Golden yeah. State. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You were the only person. I, I don't know what car and uh, Dylan had. Hey, you can mock me for that. If one of them wins, you can mock me for that ticket that I don't have. Yeah, where's your ticket? Yeah, I don't have that. Yeah. How much money I would have had if I'd been on Jokic the last two years, Peter? Especially the first year? Especially the skinny. Well, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. That's right. I'll be at Jokic's uh, Hall of Fame uh, ceremony. It'll be fun. You'll be the number one supporter. Joe Jokic. I'll be sitting there with Jokic's brothers. So we lit. Yeah. That'll be a good time. And the horse. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> the horse down in Serbia. Uh, anything else you get to say in the NBA, Peter, before we transition to a little bit of hockey? In a good spot. I, I like this uh, playoffs, to be honest. Peter's vibing with the NBA. Not, Last not, year, just, not just saying it's just because it's the Celtics. And, I, I, and I'm glad that I don't have to wait like four days between games now. Peter's vibing yeah. with the NBA. Because I remember we were talking football at the end of the year, and Peter's like, all right, I'm, gonna, I'm ready to move on here. Too much football. Peter it's hasn't true. had too much NBA yet. He's still okay with the NBA. We'll see if that changes. But as the Celtics season um, continued after they defeated the Bucks in the second round of the playoffs, the Bruins, uh, they were not able to escape the first round of the playoffs as they fell to the Carolina Hurricanes in the first round in a seven-game series, losing in game seven. Peter, what was your reaction in game seven? I felt pretty good after they won game six, but I think we both said they'd end up falling short. Yeah, I mean, I was like, that's not a shock. I mean, they can't play in Carolina, like, ever. They can't score. They can't. I, had to, I, I don't know. You looked up, it was 2-0. I mean, they gave, Isn't me, it weird? they gave me real false hope at the end. They scored, like, 20 seconds left. I was like, there's no way they're going to do it. And then they didn't do it, so it's fine. But it's weird. I don't know. To me, the weird thing is the home advantage, the home court, home ice, is the least important in the NHL compared to the other major sports, right? We can oh, yeah, because any, anybody can win anywhere. Exactly. That's why like, NHL playoffs are so great. Home court isn't as prevalent as it is in the NBA and the NFL and even even the MLB by some extent. Uh, and the Bruins just – they just couldn't play in Carolina. They just couldn't do it. Uh, I, don't, I don't understand why. Game 7 was at least closer than it was previous games in Carolina, but it still wasn't anywhere near the level they were supposed to get, especially offensively. Uh, I don't know, man. So, what, how do you project the Bruins going forward? Now, 
Patrice Bergeron, his name has been in the news. He's unclear about if he's going to play next season. Do you think he's back or do you think he hangs it up? No, I think he's retiring. I think it's, it's all he can do. I think uh, Jake DeBrusque's finally going to get moved. He's talking about that again. I mean, he's been talking about that for a year and a half. But uh, no, I think the Bruins are going to honestly take a step back because they honestly have to. And their core isn't getting any younger. So. I agree. With that. I think Bergeron no, their window is, is shortened and shortened and shortened. And anybody, there's a rumble is that Krejci is going to come back, which is stupid. But I feel like if he would, he would have came back this year if he was going to come back. But yeah, who know. knows? Uh, I do. A lot of people talk about the Bruins' window, and I feel like their window with like that Rask, Bergeron, Krejci, that era, that era, in my opinion, is gone. I think now the Bruins can at least pivot towards the future, which is Charlie McAvoy and David Pasternak are two and. The end of Brad Marchand's prime uh, are what we have to look forward to. That's where we're building the team around. And while I do think the Bruins will likely take a step back next season, uh, it wouldn't shock me if they're back in the playoffs next year. I don't think they're going to go to like the bottom of the league or anything because I still think they have enough pieces to compete for. A oh yeah, they, spot. They, they have a they have a ton of pieces, and they're yeah, not going to they be have enough. Yeah, exactly. Like Taylor Hall still there, still in the fold. Uh, Pasternak, I mean, he's still there, of course. Like we just said, McAvoy. You'd imagine Swayman. And goal is going to take a step forward, I would think. Yeah, full season. Uh, Lindholm gets a season under his belt in Boston. That should help him for next season. So, I mean, theoretically, uh, while I don't think they're going to be top five, top ten Stanley Cup favorites, I think they can be a French playoff team and compete. Uh, and, again, like we said, the NHL playoff is wild. And if a goalie gets hot or somebody else gets hot, things can change on a dime. But it's going to be – it's going to be weird without seeing Bergeron in a Bruins jersey, that 37. Uh, surely up to the rafters there. And who do you think gets to see next year? No, Marshawn. I, I, I agree with you. It's got to be right, you would think. Because he has the A, right? Him. So, who, yeah, who's going to get the A then? McAvoy, right? No, McAvoy already has it. Oh, yeah, McAvoy already has it. So who? McAvoy has it already. Pasternak has it already. Carlo yeah. has it already. Who's it going to be? Hmm. It's going to be Marshawn if he retires. Yeah, I agree with it. I think Bergeron is done. It. He, he's barely. Cry, he's basically crying on the ice. I mean, oh, you see Martian at the end of the game. He looks like he just saw his yeah, mom like die. Yeah, oh, and sure. I think I've it's seen weird. That sad it, since they lost the game seven versus the Blues. Yeah, it's it's true. It's when you look at things. Uh, I think Bergeron probably knew this was his last go around uh, as the season started, but I don't think he wanted to say it now because I don't think he wanted. I don't think he wanted like the spotlight of like that tour you know how like some athletes announce their retirement before the year and they get like that retirement tour i don't think he wanted that yeah like david ortiz like some some athletes do it some athletes don't like i think we're gonna get it from tom brady this year like that's just to each his own yeah uh and i don't think bergeron wanted that but obviously at the end it kind of felt like there was a lot of leaks in the cracks from his camp and everything else and i don't know it's gonna be different for the bruins going forward so would you retain uh sweeney and bruce cassidy yeah, you, Bruce Cassidy is a great okay. coach. No, they're, I, they're I, fine. I agree. I think Cassidy is Something's got to change, coach. but it's yeah. it's fine. So if I had to ditch you the Cassidy or Sweeney, it's Sweeney. I, I agree with you. I think Cassidy's a good coach. I think we've seen that over the last couple of years when uh, taking over from Claude Julian, where I think a lot of the expectations were changed. And I think a lot of people were like, you hired this guy. This guy sucks. Like, He's made the playoffs every single year. I mean, yeah, exactly. And he compete. He gets his guys to compete. Uh, so I would keep him for sure. Now, Sweeney, uh, of course, everyone's going to crap on his drafting. Like he's going to, that's just his, 
That's I mean, going to be the color card. Terrible. That's going to be a feather in the hater, the haters per se's cap for uh, until he changes that, you know, because, and they don't have a first round pick this year, right? No, they don't have a first round pick for a while. And I don't think they have a second pick this year and next year or something like that. Uh, so that's going to be difficult to kind of improve that, but we'll see what they have to do going forward. If the Bruins miss the playoffs next year, I could see them shifting things up in the front office, but Nick Sweeney's back next year. Yeah. Anything else overall in the NHL playoffs you want to talk about? Oh, I mean, I forgot who well, you picked. Who'd you pick? I forget, like Calgary or something. No, it wasn't Calgary. Oh, no, 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 it was the Oilers. No, no, it was yeah, the Oilers. Yeah, it was the Oilers. I love I, yeah, yeah, because yeah, he's a Conor McDavid's your guy. Yep, I remember. But I mean, we could just laugh. Pittsburgh lost a 3 1 lead to the Rangers. That's uh, absolutely a joke. And the uh, Toronto. Toronto Maple Leafs obviously choke again, and they can't win a play, uh, first round playoff game. In, or a series in like 23 years. Yeah, shocker. Isn't that kind of isn't that crazy to really like fathom like especially in a hockey driven market like Toronto. You know what I mean? It's like it's hockey. You know, that's just and it's amazing because no one ever, ever, ever gives them a chance. Just out of his, just out of spite in history, which is rightfully so. Win, win one oh, series. Unbelievable. They're just a meme now. Crazy. Yeah, I know. Crazy, Every game seven, crazy, they're crazy. just like, well, we're gonna lose. Yeah. But Peter, uh next week, uh, I'm sure we'll be talking some more NBA. Uh Peter, why don't next week, why don't we get into some MLB conversation? We haven't had a heavy MLB talk in the last couple of weeks. We can, talk the about Red the, we can talk about the RIP Red Sox. Uh, we can talk about other MLB things going on, uh, who our favorites are, who our disappointments are. Because, I mean, despite the fact the Red Sox are disappointments, they're not the only one, in my opinion. There are some others that we can kind of dive into true. next year. Next week, I should say. Not next year. Next week. But, Peter, enjoy the rest of your trip in Ohio. And uh, you better be having Ohio pun. I'm ready for it. Stay Buckeye. Oh, there it uh. is. <laughs>